He stops suddenly in front of the gates of the port, his bicycle between his legs, and remains there, stunned. With his balaclava and his sheepskin coat with the collar turned up and the mittens on his hands gripping the handlebars, only his eyes are visible. He observes the blaring traffic of cars and trucks, intoxicated by the din they make, grinding his teeth as axles groan and bodies shake over the large cobblestones of the Cour de la Martinique. He feels the dull rumble in his legs as a train trundles slowly past endless rows of warehouses, accompanied on foot by a man swinging a lantern in his hand. The city buzzes and trembles in his flesh. He looks at all this as if the landscape had appeared suddenly out of darkness, and he was now encircled by a film set that had miraculously materialised. His eyes are wide with amazement. His frozen figure is painted black in this night, that is already fading before the vast pale gold gleam rising over the Garonne, above the blanket of mist that lies on the water. Above all these early morning stirrings, the greyish-green street lamps hung from wires are blown casually about in the weak north wind, their dim lights fading. The young man hunches his shoulders. His name is Daniel, and he is twenty years old. Often, as now, he finds himself wondering what he's doing here. The feeling can come over him anywhere, at dances, in buses, at the cinema, in the midst of noise and chatter, in spite of friends and laughter. When it happens, he stops whatever he's doing and looks around unseeingly, listens uncomprehendingly to the humans that surround him, their agitation, their frenzied trample, their crazy trajectories like insects caught between window and curtain. In these moments he feels horribly light, transparent, barely even existent, dissolved in the air with beings and objects passing through him as if he's a ghost, a revenant that no longer knows where it has returned from, only that it's terrified to have left there. Or he freezes and looks up at the dawn sky, clear and faded, rubbed clean by a cold wind. This pure emptiness, crossed occasionally by a rushing bird, tightens his heart and renews, each day, the wonder of the light that lifts up the lid of night. In these instants of happy contemplation, time seems to suddenly contract, to become as dense and painful as a bullet, and then the feeling leaves him, of course, because life is all around, so strong and noisy. Above the warehouses he can see the jibs of cranes bending over boats. They look like iron witches rummaging through the upturned bellies of those lumbering monsters that the river has thrown against the wharf. It's high tide, so he can make out the top of a forecastle, the glimmers of the gangway, the mast bristling with aerials, and the black and blue chimney bearing the arms of the Delmas-Vielgeux company. Some days the tide was so high that he imagined they might all drift into the city, their huge prows slicing into stone, digging out canals in place of the dark streets. But the cold is penetrating deep into his flesh, and his stomach suddenly feels as if it's full of snow. So Daniel shakes himself, smacking his arms, ridding himself of his dark thoughts, and the frost that has settled over him. Then he starts pedalling over the cruel cobblestones, insides shuddering, arms stiff as he grips the handlebars, manoeuvring his way between train tracks and cobbles and potholes. The bike jingles as it jumps, 
and even the bell, which hasn't worked for months, sometimes chimes amid the spluttering uproar of traffic. From time to time the little bag he carries over his shoulders, containing his overalls wrapped around his lunchbox, slips down his back and he has to hitch it up again. He rides past the port, no longer even seeing that interminable parade of warehouses behind miles of fences. Head down, eyes watering from the cold, he charges blindly ahead until he reaches the station. The pavements are packed with people encumbered with luggage, lifting up heavy suitcases that bang against their legs, walking lopsidedly, knees buckling, arms aching from the weight of large bags that they try not to drag on the ground. Or they carry a child, wrapped up in a dark, unwieldy package that they constantly have to lift up with a shrug of a shoulder or a jut of a hip to stop them slipping out of their grip. They cross the street and hurry towards the main concourse. Okay.